we doing good? So good to have you in the house tonight. Don't you just love that new song? I speak Jesus, I could just listen to that all night. Candace, you are an angel sent from heaven. And Matt's not too bad either. And uh, it's great to have you here. And as Pastor Roman said, we're in, the, uh, we're in the middle of faith, love, hope season, a time of generosity, a time when we come together as a church and we sow financially into the house of God. And as I was just watching again that, that video of Ukraine, the rescue home, uh, what we do as a church is purely remarkable. And, the, and this evening, I just wanna say thank you. Uh, thank you to you. Thank, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your consistency in sowing in financially. Uh, thank you for giving your time to the Kingdom of God. Uh, th- thank you for giving your gifts and talents into the house of God to see the extension of the Kingdom of God. And uh, as a church, it is, it is amazing what takes place. And I get the opportunity and privilege to talk to Bojadar every week. And as he's going into that war-torn country and nation with team after team and taking resources applied, hear the testimonies that are coming out of there to, to encounter the girls in the rescue home on different occasions over the years, to, to see what takes place, to see the work of Red Frogs, uh, of impacting a generation, not just in our city, but across the nation and the nations of the world. I, I just wanna personally say thank you. And I challenge you that when we come uh, next Sunday to Faith, Love, Hope Sunday, is you consider the seed that you would sow. And not just a natural ascent as to what you think you can sow, but I, I encourage you to pray and you just ask the Heavenly Father what you'd sow in as an individual, as a family, and maybe as a business. Because I know anything that you and I place into the hands of God is God puts His supernatural power on that and it's able to accomplish far much more than what we could accomplish. And so in this season of generosity, I wanna talk uh, on this subject. My key text that I'm gonna build this message from is found in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 11. And it says this, that by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. But by the blessing over your life, is that our city is placed in an exalted position, a high and lifted up position, a a position where God could actually move. And in the Western mindset, as we think blessing, whenever we see blessing or hear someone talk about blessing, we think it's a correlation that God's gonna give us wealth and God's gonna give us comfort. And yes, God will do those things. He gives us the ability and the power to create wealth and the Holy Spirit is the great comforter. But here this word blessed means to be made holy to be consecrated unto God. And here is if we look at the passage in those terms is that God has blessed us and God has blessed your life and consecrated your life so that the city of Brisbane that we dwell in will be in an exalted position that as we lift up the name of Jesus is that all peoples would be drawn unto that name is that our city is blessed because you are in it. And I love her. When Pastor Mark and Lee came back to pastor this church from the US there, as they came with a statement, not just off their lips, but in their spirits and in their hearts, that Brisbane would be the city of God. And we have seen God just bless us as a church and from one location now to six locations in Brisbane to multiple locations across the world is that God has blessed us. But God has blessed you to make an impact in the city around about us that our mission statement as a church is we are here to unmistakably influence our world for good and for God. The title of my message tonight is Moving a City. Is that God has got a great plan and also a great design for cities. Is when humanity fell and when they were cast out of the garden, 
the very first thing that humanity does is that they fulfil the command of God to be fruitful and multiply. And it says in Genesis chapter four, that mankind start to build cities to house the population. It says that Cain builds a city, that his descendants build a city. And I find it remarkable that God's plan of redemption begins in a garden and is going to end in a holy city, a new Jerusalem. Is that God loves cities. He has a design for the cities in which we live. Genesis chapter 11, verse one says this. It says, now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east and they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And the people said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. That they had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said to themselves, come, let us build ourselves a city. Let us build a tower whose top is in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. Is that this passage says that God has a great design for cities. Is that God's initial design for city is that cities would be a place where human potential is released. We find in Genesis chapter four, as cities were built, as humanity came together in places of cities, is that, is that music is introduced and composed. It is, it, trades are developed in metalwork and woodwork and the, the gifts of God is developed in that place is that human, human potential is released, is that God is a creative God and has made you and I to be creative and also productive. Is that we're called to build, we're called to cultivate, we're called to develop, we're to, called to enlarge and to establish. And the most wonderful thing is that God has placed individual gifts and talents inside of each and every one of our lives. And God's plan is that we would come together in a place of unity, in a place of agreements, and that we'd advance society, that we'd exalt the name of Jesus in that place. But that's God's uh, initial design for a city. But as sin enters the world, it says here is that these people, they wanna build a city so that they can make their names great. And so rather than being in a place where they're joining their gifts together to advance the kingdom of God, to advance the city, is that now people are moving into cities to make their name great. Is that now cities are a place of self-glorification, self-esteeming, it's about me being number one, where God's plan was, no, that we'd work together to advance society. This verse also indicates that God's design for cities was that His initial design was that cities would be places of refuge. It says here is that the people determined let's build a city so that we would not be scattered. We wouldn't be a scattered people. You see, if you are scattered, you are vulnerable. If you are isolated, you are vulnerable. But God designed the cities of old to be cities of places of refuge, is that where people were vulnerable, where the weak were in that place, is that they would find a, a place of security and a place of safety in city and a place of community is that cities were designed to be merciful places for those that had no power. But as sin entered the world and God's design for cities were no longer just places of refuge. It says in Genesis chapter four that a, a man by the name of Lamech comes home and speaks to his, his wives. Like imagine having multiple wives back then. And he says to them, he says, a, a man hurt me today, so I killed him. And so God's initial plan for cities would be places of refuge, but they have now become places of violence. And we've seen that so clearly even this week in Dallas. 
But God's initial plan for every city is their places of refuge. And the final thought out of that passage of Scripture is that God's design for cities would always be a place where mankind could encounter the presence of God. Is a place, cities are places where spiritual searching takes place. If you look at the ancient cities of old, is that the most biggest, most elaborate building in the ancient cities was normally places of worship. And the city was built around that. And we now look at our cities of today and they are also built around places of worship. The largest buildings in town are those now, you know, the cover areas of economic and banking and real estate and superannuation is that the man-made gods as now they take the centre stage in our cities and there's still a place to encounter God, but they're not places where we can encounter the one true God. The focus is so, so different for that. But I want us to get back to this place of how do we move a city? What does a city look like? It's a place where human potential is released. Amazing what God has placed inside of his places of refuge for humanity that is broken, is powerless and weak. They're places where they're to encounter God and all the way throughout this word is that God has sent men and women into cities to transform cities. I'm thinking of Jonah, he was sent into a city, he didn't even wanna go there to prophesy that that, that city would change, that they'd turn their faces to God. We see Paul going into the large cities and preaching the gospel of, of the good news of Jesus Christ and God sends us into cities for a multifaceted reasons. He sends us into our city to bless our city. And I pray that you would bless our city, you wouldn't curse our city is we wouldn't just always talk about the negative sides and the negative impacts of our city. No, don't, bless, don't curse what God actually wants to bless. Would, would you bless our city? Would you carry yourself in our city as one who has been consecrated to God, one who's been declared holy, that you would actually bless your city? We've been called to love our city, to love humanity in spite of our differences. And we're going to have differences. We're gonna have difference of truth and differences of opinions, but that doesn't matter. Would you just love humanity? Would you make time for humanity? Would you bless them? Would you love them? Is it God calls us into the city to serve humanity? It's amazing what God has placed inside of your life that He says, would you just release it? Would you serve humanity around about you and see what's going to take place? I see what's happening in the Ukraine. I've seen what's happening in girls' lives in Cambodia. I've seen what happens in Red Frogs and the mission of Red Frogs that we would serve a generation in order to win a generation. There is something about serving. And I pray that we'd be a church that blesses our city, that loves our city, that serves our city. And if we do those three things right, it then gives us the ability to proclaim the good news to our city. As we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, I wonder what it is that God has done in your life. That you could shout from the rooftops, it's gonna move a heart, it's gonna move a life. Because I love that Jesus, He's built a heavenly city by coming and dying in an earthly city. And you and I are called to populate that heavenly city by giving everything to our earthly city. Would you and I give everything to the city in which we live? I, I love that verse in Acts 17, verse 26, where it says that God has predetermined our appointed time to live and our appointed boundary in where we're going to live is that we get to work with each other in May 2022 in the city of Brisbane, is that God has you here for a reason and for a purpose. Would we join together collectively to advance the kingdom 
of God. For the remainder of this message, I, I wanna share out of a passage of Scripture found in Matthew 21. It's normally a passage that's read around Easter time, but as I was reading it around that Easter time, just some thoughts around generosity came to mind as I read it. Let's read Matthew 21. It says, Now when they drew near from Jerusalem and came to Bethage, at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village opposite you and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says to you uh, anything to you, you say, the Lord has needed them and immediately He will send them. Uh, tonight, I just wanna clarify that this week you're not to go into someone's residence, personal residence and just take their TV or their motor vehicle or something like that and just let them know that the Lord has need of this TV. The Lord has need. No, no, don't do that or we'll be serving you in prison. But here's an instruction from God to say to these disciples, I want you to go into the neighbouring village and you're gonna find a big donkey and a little donkey. I want you to untie them. I want you to bring them to me. If anyone asks, just let them know the Lord has need of them. Let's continue on that all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and they brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them and set him on them. I, I get this picture of the word, I don't know how this happened or how Jesus wrote it, but it says that they set Jesus on both donkeys, like on the big donkey and a little donkey. I, I don't know how. I don't know if he's riding side saddle and he had his feet on the little donkey riding into Drew. I don't know. But it's very, I don't know. And I'm gonna, that's a question I'm gonna ask God when I get there. How'd you ride into that city on the big donkey and the little donkey? And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road and others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he'd come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved. And when he'd come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved. I am prophesying over our city that there would be a shifting and there'd be a moving within our city that as we declare and as we speak the name of Jesus, that the city would be actually moved. And they said, who is this? And so the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. An amazing passage of Scripture. I want you to picture this. As Jesus sends two of His disciples going, saying, go and get the big donkey and the little donkey because I have need of it. And they set Jesus on the donkey as He rides into town. And here is humanity as He's riding into Jerusalem is that humanity is taking off their outer garments of clothing and throwing on the road in front of Jesus. Others are cutting down trees and pulling off branches and throwing. I don't know if they had council approval to do that, but they just pulled off the tree. And they threw them in the front of Jesus. Then we get this picture that there was humanity in front of Jesus and there was humanity behind Jesus. And Jesus is located in the midst of humanity. That's where Jesus desires to be in the midst of your life and in the midst of our city. And the whole city started to cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna. And all the city was moved. All the city was moved and they asked, who is this? They said, this is Jesus. 
Let me give you some thoughts around generosity. Generosity is stewardship, not ownership. You see, in generosity, God will ask you for something. Jesus said here, would you go and get the big donkey and the little donkey, you bring it to me and if anyone asks, well, why are you doing that? Just let them know that Jesus has need of it. Is that Jesus requires something of our lives and, I, and I, He never asks for something that He's not already placed inside of our lives. It's in Psalm 24 and verse one uh, says these words. It says, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. The world and those who dwell therein is that everything comes from God. Is this whole earth, this universe is God's and everything within it is His. Is that you and I have been the recipients of the great gift of God in your life financially to live in the most incredibly blessed nation in which we live. It is that God has blessed us and He's now saying to you, what I've deposited in your life, would you live life as a steward, not as an owner? Because I found in my life, when I've seen my life as owning things, is I've become possessive of that because I own it. That is mine. And I have a tendency to live life with a closed fist if I say, I own this gifts and talents. I, I own what's in my bank account. I own my time. And no, no, would you look at life through the lens of a steward, knowing that everything you have today comes from a heavenly Father loves you. And we change the lens from being an owner and possessive to one of a steward that says, God, you know what? Whatever you've placed in my life, I wanna be the conduit to let it go. I wanna be the conduit just to release it. I don't wanna be a reservoir. I don't wanna be a dam. I wanna allow your ability, your power, your strength to flow out of my life. Is the lens of a steward is that I live life with an open hand. of saying, God, just, just, I'm just gonna release whatever you've placed inside of me. And here this owner of a donkey, a big donkey and a little donkey releases what he has into the hands of God is that God could have made a big donkey and a little donkey. He could have just created it on the spot. He just spoke a word and there's the big donkey, little donkey, Jesus rides into town. But no, I love God, is that He now comes and asks things of you and I. I find it remarkable that God comes to you and I who He made and asks to borrow things from us that He created. <laughs> That's a privilege right there. Is that he, things He has deposited in our life when He comes back and says, would you share that with me? And as you share it and as you release it into the hands of God, He can do far much more with whatever we place in His hands and what we keep to ourselves. Would you live life through the lens of being a steward? Would you just trust God? Would you let it go? Would you let it go? I, I feel like the spirit of Elsa over me right now. I, just let it go. If I could sing it, I would. Let it go, let it go. No, I'm not singing. <laughs> No, 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 I'm scarred. I remember going to university. I've got time. I remember going to university and I was starting to be a primary school teacher and a wall. Someone said wall. And uh, one of the assessments in the first term was this. We had to do music back then. Everyone had to do music. And part of the assessment in music class was at the end of the semester, you had to sing three Australian ballads to the front of the whole class, like hundreds, hundreds of people. Uh, I, I was a mess. I didn't even like talking in front of people to actually sing in front of people. 
And so I started singing. My first ballad was a while. I know, it's like it's yesterday. I don't even know why I'm saying this, but it's gonna be for someone, I'm sure. My first ballad was a wild colonial boy. I don't know if you know it, I'm not gonna sing it for you, but uh, I remember I sang it like the first two lines and it's so bad, is that all my mates, they are on the floor like after two lines. They're rolling, they're screaming. I got through about the fourth line, the lecturer stood up and she said, I've never done this before in all my time, but I'm changing your assessment right now is you don't have to sing any Australian ballads anymore. You just need to sing uh, Old MacDonald Had a Farm. (laughs) And so all the class joined with me in singing Old MacDonald Had a Farm. And I never went back to teacher's training college after that day. I was, I know, so I'm not gonna sing because I wanna keep keep coming back to church. (laughs) Would you live life? I say that story and you know what? Just keep trusting God. I'm not designed to be a singer, but he designed other things for me as well. Find your spot and go hard, hey? As I find with generosity is that generosity enables Jesus to ride into our city. Someone made a big donkey and a little donkey available to Jesus and Jesus rides into that town. And God's whole desire is that through our generosity, through our lives, that He would ride into your home, into your workplace, into your university, into your school, into your street, into your suburb, into your city, your nation, and the world. And our generosity enables Jesus to ride into our towns. And because of someone's generosity, it says the whole city was moved. It wasn't just an emotional moving of a heart. It was a response to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that through someone's generosity is that Jesus could ride into that town so full of triumph and victory and purpose and hope, but knowing that just in a few days time, He's gonna give His life for those that are now taking off their garments, those that are ripping down trees and branches and throwing it in front of Him. Is that our generosity enables Jesus to ride into our city. Our generosity makes the invisible visible is that generosity makes invisible love visible in the community, is that generosity makes our faith, which is invisible, so visible to the world around about us. Our generosity makes Jesus visible to the world that do not know Him. Would you allow your life to be so generous in nature because it allows Jesus to jump on that vehicle, whatever it is, and to ride into our town because our town needs Jesus. Towns right across the globe need Jesus. Hello, champion, good to see you. You're doing good, Ash. You've got steps up today. (laughs) See, I I want our city to ask this question, who is this? Have you ever done an act of generosity, an act of kindness to someone? They've said, well, why, why are you doing this? I think it's one of the greatest questions we could ever be asked is that humanity looks at what? Why, why would you do that to me? Why would you pray for me? Well, why would you cook a meal for me? Why would you mow my lawn? Why would you sow in financially into my life? And we know in ourselves, it's not because of us, it's because of the gift of God that's inside of us. Is it, would you allow your life to be generous that humanity would ask, who is this that's inside of you? Who, who would enable you to bless my life? Who would enable you just to simply and bring a word of encouragement over a life, to pray for a life, to be generous with finances. That the city would ask the question, who is this? My third thought is this, is that generosity writes you and I into God's story. 
I find it remarkable. Someone who owns a big donkey and a little donkey is being preached about tonight. A donkey owner, a multiple donkey owner is written into the story of God. But so is your generosity. It's written into God's story. It may not be on pen and paper in the Word of God right now, but it's written into God's story. Is it your generosity is written into somebody else's story? The impact that's brought upon their lives. Is that I know through other people's generosity is my life has been shaped and changed and forged and moulded because of generosity. We look at the building with, we worship in every week. It's someone's generosity from decades ago that is sown in that we could have a campus like this, we could have a facility like this. Like, it's my mum sewing in 40 years ago as a single mum that I now have the benefits of this, my kids have the benefits of this, my grandkids have the benefits of this. Is that our generosity is generational? I wonder what this generation will leave for the next generation that have set us up. And so it's so easy to walk in here week after week after week and just think, wow, this is a big auditorium, this is awesome. I know it's someone's generosity that's sown in faithfully. I look at the work of Red Frogs, Andy, over 25 years now, because of someone's generosity to buy a packet of Red Frogs that gave entry into one hotel room that's now given entry into hotel rooms and nations right across the world. Is a generosity writes us into God's stories. How many lives, Andy, have been changed? through red frogs of people serving and giving their time, giving their gifts and talents, going out midweek into universities and going out into towns and streets and parties. As our girls in Cambodia are written into God's stories because of your generosity. There's refugees in our church right now in Bulgaria that are recipients of your generosity is that we are written into God's story when we live life as a steward and not as an owner. Is a generosity and availability write us into God's stories. When you and I say the right yes to Jesus, when He asks, He would give something back to Him. Our yeses weave us into God's story. All the way throughout His Word is that humanity is written into God's story because they were simply generous. Jesus is in the temple one day and they're taking up the offering. Luke 21, it says this. And Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. As Jesus knows you. I just believe someone needs to hear that tonight. Jesus knows you. He's just not looking at the affluent and those that have got it all together. He's looking at those that are struggling. He's looking at hearts that would just surrender. You are always on God's mind. If He looks after the flowers in the field, He's gonna be mindful of your life. And He's constantly looking. And He said, truly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all out of their abundance have put in offerings for God, but she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she has. It's this widow with just two coins is written into God's story. I'm preaching about her 2,000 years later. Simply because someone said, I wanna live life as a steward and what I have, I'm gonna put it in the hands of God. And for Jesus, it wasn't, amount that, it wasn't the amount that was given, it was the sacrifice of a heart. 
And I pray that we would be challenged. It's not about what we have, it's about the sacrifice we're gonna place into the hands of God. So I preached last week, a little boy with just a small lunch, just a lunch for one, a few loaves and a few fish, an insufficient meal for the thousands who were on the hillside that day. He comes and just places in the hand of God and gives God the ability to bless and to break and to multiply it. A little boy with just a lunch is written into God's story. We're preaching about him tonight. A man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea, he, he owns a tomb and he makes his tomb available for the lifeless body of Jesus as he's taken down from the cross. And Jesus is placed, his body is placed in a borrowed tomb simply because he recognised the Lord has need of this. And three, three days later, is a resurrected Christ comes out of Joseph's tomb. It's a story we continue to preach about. It's our great story of hope and future, that we don't serve a dead Saviour, we now serve a risen Saviour that walked out of the borrowed tomb of someone who simply said, I've got a tomb and I'm gonna make it available for Jesus to lie in. And Jesus only needed it for three days. And Joseph had his tomb back, written into God's story. Out of our generosity, would you see that God writes you into His story? Luke 7, it says, And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner. There is a woman who's located in the city, a city designed to be a place of refuge, a place of encountering God, a place where her potential would be realised. And she's carrying a label. She's a woman of a city and she's a sinner. That's the label she's known by. We don't even know a name in this passage of Scripture. We don't know the sin that she committed here, but she carries the label of sinner there. I pray that you and I, through the blessing of God over our lives, that we would go into our city, we would exalt our city. Because there's ladies, and there's gentlemen, just like this, where humanity has given them labels in the city that they find themselves in vulnerable positions. And we are called to go and to bless them and to serve them and to love them and proclaim the good news of Jesus. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, would you open your house to Jesus? Brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at His feet behind Him weeping. And she began to wash His feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed His feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. What an amazing gift of generosity is that this perfume that she had, she would have applied to her body every day to help her business succeed. That she would smell attractive to the clients that she engaged in that day, in the city in which she dwelt. And she comes and takes this expensive bottle of perfume and she breaks it over Jesus' life. She's now written into the story of God. Identified as a no name, but they carried the label of a sinner, is now woven into the story of God. And 2,000 years later, I'm preaching about it tonight. Could you dare to believe that when you and I put ourselves in a place of generosity, is how long that story will live on as you've written into God's story? I love this woman because she, without invitation, she releases all that she has to Jesus. I pray that you and I would be a church that without invitation is that we would continue just to release, to bless, to love, to serve, to proclaim the good news of Jesus. We don't have to wait for a Faith Love Hope Sunday to come around every year to consider it. No, 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 no. It's a daily life. Without invitation, will we come and just pour it out of His life? And right now we're gonna take up our offering. Would you look at life through the lens of a steward, not an owner? 
is our generosity tonight enables Jesus to ride into our city. And through our generosity is that you're written into God's story. The ways to give are gonna be on the screen there. You know how to do this and you're amazing, generous church. And so let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your Word tonight. I thank You, You've given us so much. You have put us in a place of overflow. You've declared us holy and consecrated unto You. And tonight we bring our tithes and offerings as an act of obedience, a place of surrender where we put what we have earned this week and we come and we sow into Your hands. And we pray for the extension of Your Kingdom right across this great city and nation and world. And we give You thanks in Your wonderful Name. We all said, Amen. Amen and Amen. Thank You so much, host team as we receive our offering tonight. My final thought is this, is that generosity flows from gratitude for the past and trust for the future. Is the would you and I be in a position of gratitude to consider what God has actually placed inside of our lives? The gifts and talents, financial resources. And when we look back and we say, Father, I wanna give thanks to what You've placed in my life. And you may look at your life and say, well, I'm just a one talent person. Join the club. But it's not about our starting position, it's about where we end. And it's through faithfulness with that that God can bring multiplication at the end of it. And so to look back and just to consider what God has deposited in your life, it is spectacular. It's amazing because it's come from God. Don't belittle it, don't compare it, don't despise it. Would you give thanks to God for it? And the other side of generosity is we now release things into the hands of God. We say, God, I'm just gonna trust You for my future. Whatever that is that you put in the hands of God, just, just let it go. Just, just cast your seed upon the waters. Just, just, just let it go out of you and say, God, I'm gonna put my trust and my confidence in that whatever I place in your hands, you're gonna see it multiply, you're gonna see it grow, we're gonna see lives changed about it. Is that gratitude flows from, generosity flows from a gratitude for the past of what God's placed inside of you and a great hope for the future, what God's gonna accomplish and God's gonna do. Can we stand together tonight? Or would you look at life through the lens of a steward that what God's placed inside of you? As your relief sinks from your life, would you see Jesus riding into your street, into your home, your workplace? Through what you release into the hands of God, He writes you into an incredible story, not for your glory, but for His glory. Would you look back and give thanks for the past of what God's done and look forward to the future, what He's gonna do? But I find in the Word of God, there's always a story within the story. And the story that I've shared about it is a story of generosity, a story of a man who owned a big donkey and a little donkey and gave it to Jesus and all the city was moved. But there's a bigger story here at play and the bigger story is that our Heavenly Father is so generous. It's as Jesus is riding into the town that day in Jerusalem. In a few days later, their humanity has a choice to make, a choice when they're gonna release one of the most notorious criminals by the name of Barabbas, or release the great miracle work of the Son of God, Jesus. And humanity looks at that decision, they cry out, release Barabbas, release Barabbas. Where just days earlier, all the city was moved saying, who is this? And I find that the biggest story is our hearts can move at different times in relation to Jesus. There can be moments where we're, just, we're so moved by Him and there's times where we're in a place where we choose something else over Him. 
There's a bigger story at play that God would send His only begotten Son for you because He loves you so much. And maybe you're here tonight where you just, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. And I would love the opportunity to pray for you. Or maybe you're in a position, a season in life where you're taking some backward steps out of relationship with God. You've chosen other things over the Messiah, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Tonight, I'd love to pray for you. Because as we surrender our lives to God, as we trust God with everything we have right now, it's in safe hands, it's in good hands. Because there's no one that loves you more. There's no one that believes in you more. There's no one that wants to equip you more. There's no one that can wash away the stains of sin over your life that can break bondages, that can bring freedom. It's only found in one name, that's the name of Jesus. And this is an incredible story of generosity, but there's a greater story at play is that God is so generous and He desires fellowship and relationship with you. And so this evening, just with every head bowed, every eye closed, tonight, if you need to receive the saving grace of Jesus, if you wanna choose Jesus over anything else that you've chosen in life, this is the greatest decision you could ever make. This is the greatest miracle of all. And I would love to pray with you tonight. If you're like that, just to identify those ones I'm praying for that would just wanna receive Jesus or come back, you wanna choose Jesus over anything else you've chosen in life, I'd love you right now, just lift up your hand, lift up high so I can see. Saying, hey Mike, would you please pray for me? I just wanna receive Jesus. Thank you so much for that hand over there. I appreciate that. Is there others here tonight where you just lift up your hands? I would love to pray for you for a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you would choose Jesus over anything else, that you would put His Name first. I look one last time, is there anyone else that would join? And just say, hey, Mike, I need Jesus. I just need Him tonight. Thank you so much. Oh, it's not a hand, it's Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your Word tonight. I thank You, a God of salvation, a God of grace, a God of mercy, a God of love. And as even hearts turn tonight, Father, I thank You. As I go through life in relationship with You, they'd say that, I'll never be ashamed of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. That they'll serve You, that follow You all the days of life. I thank You that today's a new start, a new beginning, that old things have passed away and today is a new day. That they are now declared as sons and daughters of the Most High God. We give You thanks for that in Your wonderful, wonderful Name. Let's put our hands together this evening for those ones that made a decision to follow Jesus. That is the greatest miracle of all.